Thank you uh, for having uh, ServiceNow and myself uh, talk today. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of us across government um, know ServiceNow from an IT workflow perspective, right? I think we, we've become kind of the de facto IT service management platform for a lot of federal agencies. Um, my team specifically supports federal healthcare, which would be um, HHS um, and obviously FDA and, and, and all the optives within HHS, but also um, you know, Defense Health Administration and Veteran Affairs, right? And so um, I also see government is, is not a, an industry, it's a market, right? Of, of all the industries are within our healthcare. There's regulation, there's payer provider, there's the delivery of care, um, there's research, there's life sciences, it's all kind of within this, this space. And, and something that I think is very exciting for us in, in federal and in federal healthcare is we're starting to leverage innovation coming from industry, right? And we're seeing a lot of our other hospitals and payer provider organizations outside in, in the private sector run some innovation that we can now leverage uh, within federal. So really what I wanted to talk today about is, is how do we harness the power of workflow? We are the workflow platform. That's kind of our, our sweet spot. And, and looking at the healthcare experience or delivery of care. Um, so I think that the first thing I just want to get through real quick, safe harbor, we will talk about some forward-looking statements, just this is just in case there's anything here that we are, we'll talk about some futures and things that we are investing in within the ServiceNow ecosystem on our platform. And, and so I just wanted to share that out before, before I kick off. So I'll start with a quote or a couple quotes, and because it's relevant to healthcare and especially healthcare IT, right? And this is a classic Darwin quote where it talks about the survival of the species is not the most intelligent, but is the most responsive to change. And I think that we've seen in the last two years, healthcare has been impacted by a global crisis that has forced healthcare to change in many ways um, that we didn't expect to happen before. And, and, and having that said, the pace of change is fastest that it has ever been, and it's never going to be slower than it is today, right? So, so adaptability is crucial to, to the success of delivery of healthcare. Um, and, and also to government, right? And, and I think something that Ram had talked about is interoperability, a data management, and making sure that we can adapt to this, 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 this quick-moving um, environment. And so having that said, um, we're starting to see just in industry in general, a huge acceleration in investment in healthcare technology. And this will give you just kind of a landscape of last year. These are all the point solutions that are being built to support healthcare, the healthcare, and they're all IT systems, they're all technology um, that is being deployed today um, to, to the healthcare environment. And these things are starting to trickle into our organizations. And now the next question is how do we manage this onslaught of innovation that's coming into healthcare? And you know, just a, a statistic from last year, over $30 billion of seed funding has gone to healthcare IT startup companies. So that's a lot of investment that is coming into this. And I think the pandemic has a lot to do with that, right? As, as hospitals and healthcare providers and researchers are trying to say, how do we adapt to change, but how do we drive digital transformation, right? I, I really enjoyed Michelle's presentation on Google and how they're adapting to the changes in healthcare using AI and machine learning and data to drive decision-making and, and where to, um, you know, do COVID vaccination, right? I think that's fascinating. That's amazing that we're seeing that in our lifetime, but it's also a challenge, right? Is this innovation going to overwhelm our organizations? And how are we going to 
be able to respond to this onslaught of innovation and make sure that we harness that power for our stakeholders. And I think this is very graphical representation of that, but it's coming, right? It's, it's on the verge of, of impacting government. CMS has to do regulations, um, uh, you know, for pre-authorizations. There are more medical devices out there, right? Google talks about partnering with Fitbit, right? Now, how is FDA going to regulate that device, right? So I think a lot of these things are pertinent as we're seeing this wave come to healthcare. And, and we've seen this before in our industry. We've seen the, the need for digitizing healthcare records, right? And standardizing EHMRs. We've seen a, a huge move towards that. In my lifetime, I've seen that where I would go to the doctor and get paper prescriptions. And now I'm seeing all digital, right? And so I've seen that transformation. And then we've also seen the need to digitize the front end where nurses and doctors now can access healthcare records in a digital format, right? Remember those libraries where you would have all the folders of records and before you go to the doctor, you have to say when you're showing up so they can go pull that record out of that library. And now it's all digital, right? And so I've seen that happen. And also starting to invest in relationship management, right? Considering patients um, as, as customers, right? And in the life cycle of that patient and what that looks like. But it has some intentional consequences as well, right? We've seen a lot more silos across healthcare, right? Where interoperability of data between these digital systems is not there yet in some cases, right? And we're seeing data both in a digital and analog format where there's a mix right now, where we need some OCR and scanning of documents as well as now digital format and securing both of those and, and creating multiple work streams right around that. And the experience for the patient, the clinician is still fraught with challenges, right? It's still not perfect. I think that we've seen evolution, but it's not there yet. And so, you know, what this is driving, and I'm seeing now in industry, and I think a lot of the conversations we had today talk about this, is number one, the baby boomers are aging, and we're going, there are more people that are going to need care in the near future, right? So the population of folks that are going to need care is, is emerging. And we've seen this with the global pandemic that burst the seams of our healthcare organizations to, to deliver care right? Where we've had overworked nurses and, and a lot of horror stories and being able to adapt to that. And so more people will be needing care in the future. More devices are entering healthcare, right? We talked about Fitbit and wearables, um, digital components, and all of these things are online and they're on the network and securing these devices um, is now paramount, right? Um, where the health and safety of our patients is also dependent on vulnerabilities that the devices have on them. And so it's becoming even more and more complex to manage as, as we increase these devices. Um, we've also started seeing more people delivering care and new roles and then the ecosystem, right? Think about virtual resources, right? And, and how we can now do telemedicine um, in some cases. Also traveling nurses. I've seen a, a trend where nurses are no longer stationary in one hospital and they move within a region um, or EMTs, right? Delivering cer certain levels of care. Um, and then more locations, right? Healthcare without walls is kind of what we call it, where we're starting to see Keller deliver not just at the traditional setting, but in homes, at work, at schools, in different settings, um, and, and an increase of places where you can access care. I just remembered, I was remembering COVID testing, right? In the beginning, you could only do it at the hospital. Then you could do it at your local pharmacy. Now I get an envelope in the mail and I can do it at home, right? And just, just in a short period of time, that delivery of, of diagnostics has evolved 
to all the way to my home, right? In the comfort of, 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 of doing that. And so I think that workflow is going to be a critical part of stitching together all of these challenges that we're seeing um, in, in our industry. And so let's reimagine our experience through workflow automation, right? And I think that's the ServiceNow proposition is that we've been great at the complexities of IT workflow. We've had a lot of success in the customer service management workflows. Um, we've had a lot of success in the HR employee kind of type workflows. And so now we're seeing we have a lot of these building blocks to start looking into the healthcare workflows and the payer provider workflows and, and the life sciences uh, workflows. And so to that, um, how do we define workflow in service now, right? Somebody initiates a request or a process, maybe a patient needs to schedule an appointment or I need to sign up for a clinical trial, right? That's a request or initiation of a process. And then at the end is a delivery, obviously the whole process delivery of that service until it's complete, right? And, and traditionally, what we've seen is a lot of email, different siloed systems in the delivery of that process. And what ServiceNow does is say, hey, let's start bucketing these in the standard building blocks, right? Determine what it is, assign it, collect input, um, you know, assign it to somebody, approve certain things, and then track and report on that. And underlining delivering technology to enhance this workflow. So virtual agent or chatbots, machine learning, orchestration to other systems outside of, of the ServiceNow platform or integrations to those in APIs. And then on top of that, how do we do process mining? Once you have your workflows on a platform, um, how can we now start saying where we have inefficiencies or broken processes or repeat activity and things to, to continue to drive those, those efficiencies and drive towards how can we give time back to our clinicians or our researchers and get rid of a lot of that remedial manual tasks, right? I see today in industry and in government where the, the person, the human is the connective tissue between all of these systems. And instead of focusing really on what is at hand, right? It's like doing the research, delivering the care, not typing a record into five different siloed systems, right? So how can we build that interoperability across the enterprise is kind of the, the, the ServiceNow proposition. But what is interesting is that as we're reimagining workflow for, for the enterprise, we've reimagined workflow in our own lives. And, and, and some questions that I, I'd like to ask is, how many in your life have used paper as your main source of information, right? It might date myself, but I remember having a subscription to, you know, the New York Times and the Washington Post come to my house. And we no longer get news that way, right? Um, or uh, a foldable map, right? Um, I, I have a funny story where my son, we went, we did a, a road trip and we stopped at a gas station and he saw, you know, a, a, a stack of foldable maps and he opened it up and thought it was fascinating, and I had to explain that this is how we would travel before um, from location to location. So we've reimagined our own lives, enhancing automated workflow. For example, you know, in the last year, um, have any of you ordered from Amazon something that you could get from the corner store, right? Um, and for me, the answer is yes. The convenience of that automation workflow that that delivers to me um, will, will outweigh the risk of me going in person to physical location during last year, right? And so... So we are reimagining our own lives um, using digital workflow and digital transformation, right? And in the last year, right, how many have experienced healthcare in a non-traditional way, right? Me personally, I'm a cancer survivor and I have two, two annual checkups I have to do. 
And before it was a hassle, right? I would go find the doctor, find an appointment, and then there get my prescription, go to get my, my blood work done. Now it was all digital, telehealth. And I could see my doctor um, online. All my information was sent to, to the testing center. I would just show up. It was pre-scheduled for me. All of that automation really enhanced my experience um, and my willingness to receive care as well. And so, so we're seeing that workflow transformation already happening. But, but what I, I like to challenge is, you know, adaptability, right? What was winning in the past is not winning in the future. And, and a lot of our, you know, enterprise commercial customers in the private sector are rethinking how they're doing delivery of care. And, and what are those business models to drive efficiency and improve the quality of care? And we're realizing that there is a shift going on right now. There's a huge investment in IT, a huge investment in healthcare technology, because digital transformation is not going away. It's really now how do you accelerate digital transformation um, in the delivery of care? And, 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 and you know, I, I obviously this is a Lego castle, but it's those building blocks, right? And so we kind of use this, this, this approach in how we're investing at ServiceNow in, in transforming um, how we support healthcare and, and really support our customer needs. So number one, adaptability. How do you build reusable components that you can cobble together in different ways to deliver new things as change happens, right? Um, and not having to build from scratch every time. That really drives to speed to value. As I said in the beginning, change is happening faster and faster. How can we deliver faster speed to value? I think cloud is here to stay. Um, I think that with, with like what Google was talking about using their cloud for data and analytics and research, you know, service now being delivered in a FedRAMP high environment for government, a lot more adoption of cloud is happening across government. That's speed to value, right? And then simplicity um, of data fluidity, right? And I think that um, that was talked about earlier about interoperability. How do we create data models and APIs to all these other healthcare systems really to drive efficiencies versus more challenges um, as we modernize healthcare? So what we did at ServiceNow, the first step is let's align to a common data model. So we use a Fire HL7 as a common standard and built it directly into the platform. So now there is a matching data model for Fire and HL7 and integration. So I can bring data in from different systems and push it out to other systems and really become that workflow in between. We will never become the EHMR. I think there are systems that do that very well. We're becoming more of that engagement layer to the patient or to the payer or to the provider where you need to connect certain processes and workflow. And some of these data elements are important for the continuity of that process. And so that's the first step that, that we did, and that's already available on ServiceNow. And on top of that, uh, I know this is, this is like the periodic table, very, you know, it's, a, it's an eyesore, right? But we started breaking down what are all the different types of services across healthcare and what are workflows that ServiceNow can do um, across that workflow. So I think we started kind of breaking that up um, you'll have these slides at the end that you can really look at, but we're starting to see a lot of, um, you know, use cases around the patient experience and how ServiceNow can be the front end of the patient experience. Something exciting is bedside assist. How do we leverage um, those devices I can talk to, to get help, right? So think about the red button at a, at a, at a hospital bed that is just binary. It's on or off. And now like I said, hey, I need a blanket or I'm falling off my bed, nurses now can prioritize 
what type of service they're delivering, with what urgency do they have to deliver that service. So we're already seeing that in action. And, and back to the FDA's comment on this is now a device that's in the hospital that's online and is connected to the network. Now that's going to bring some security vulnerabilities, right? The other part that we're really seeing a lot of uh, uh, customers leverage is for the nurse onboarding and clinician onboarding and offboarding, and making that process more agile. I know government is fraught with security clearances and data hired to a day they can be in front of a patient is extended. How can we use workflow automation to really shorten that life cycle? We've seen it very effective in the commercial side and, and the private sector. And now we're starting to see a lot of interest in the, in the, in the, in the public sector as well. And, and then finally, um, integrating to the EHMR for IT help. ServiceNow is still the IT backbone. How do we help manage all these IT systems um, that are part of the ecosystem and really provide more efficiencies to, to our clinicians? So if they're in the EHMR, they request a service, they can do it right there. They don't have to leave that system. They can create an IT ticket and then go back to doing their jobs and, and, and enhancing that experience. And finally, security, right, is compliance and security. And what we're really investing in, talk about futures, is asset clinical asset management is kind of the future of service now, right? We are definitely very successful in IT asset management, hardware asset management, software asset management, compliance libraries. Now, how do we start managing the full life cycle of clinical assets? All of these devices that are entering the system have a strong IT security component, um, so inventory deployment services and decommissioning those, those assets. So I will end with that um, for any questions. Obviously, I appreciate this time. I, there was a ton of content here that I just shared, but, but it's very exciting for us to start bringing workflow into healthcare. Thank you for that. And the, the, the slide you were on before your final one sort of goes to the, the main question that I had, which is... Um, you know, ServiceNow has been doing this sort of work for customers, public sector and otherwise, uh, um, <clears throat> for a long time outside the healthcare space. And I'm wondering if for your, your government customers that, um, uh, for whom the, the health-focused uh, services make sense, you know, whether it's uh, VA or HHS or Indian Health Service, um, uh, I don't know whether any of those are your customers or not, but yeah. um, uh, is, is the goal to sort of, extend existing enterprise service now solutions to include uh, the um, the health systems and the health needs or does it general does the um, uh, would service now generally spin up a, a separate instance um, to focus solely on the on the health needs that's a wonderful question I think that we've seen agencies look at different options right one of them is service already there with core IT um, there's a lot of HR, you know, PII data on ServiceNow today in our in our FedRAMP Pi, and it's it's locked down, right? And so once you have to open that to, let's say, we're doing clinical trials or grants management, which some customers are doing today on ServiceNow. Now this goes out to your citizens. You may not want it in that same environment. The beauty of ServiceNow is because it's all delivered on our our cloud, we can connect environments together as well. So we have instance data replication where. I have all my users on one environment. I can add them to another environment and not have, you know, commingling of data of other components, right? So really do different types of ATOs and hardening based on that environment, but it's all within the same kind of ecosystem or umbrella. And that interconnectivity is, is also important. So I think, I think we've seen different strategies. We send some, let, let's just put everything in one environment and have the right governance and guardrails. 
And the other one is, no, let's have one for external facing users, another for our internal organization. For us, what's important is our customers can get value from our platform and our capabilities, right? So I think with healthcare, because of, you know, the, 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 the healthcare data, the, the PHI that could live on there, I would recommend probably having a separate environment dedicated to this with some connections to your existing IT environment for these like EHMR help and some of these others where I might need to pull in IT. Let's say clinician onboarding, there's an IT component to this, right? Where they need access to systems and things like that. Great. Well, we are going to have to leave it there, but thank you for a, a mm -hmm. very informative presentation. Appreciate you being part of today's workshop. Thank you very much.